Thank you for joining me today, Barry, for this episode of the podcast. Second time you've been on the Automated Construction Podcast. Uh, this time we're live, which is nice. We got 4K video, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about the stuff you've been doing over the past couple of weeks while I've been here, and maybe some of the, the future projects going on in uh, at Seabay around the world. Mm-hmm. So I guess, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Got my COVID shot yesterday. You did. <laughs> so feeling all better. No, um, and we're extremely busy at this moment. Um, with actually all the teams, uh, whether it is design and engineering of the machinery as well as uh, uh, building projects we're working on, or whether it is printing and manufacturing. Uh, so uh, at this moment, uh, we're also searching for new team members in order to facilitate the further growth that we are currently facing at uh, our company. So all good. Yeah, cool. So you guys let me train on the Seabay system. Um, it was a great experience. The first day I was here, I was able to see you guys printing um, with Mark and Joop um, and Alwyn, and the, you guys worked, the team was working really uh, seamlessly together. It made it look pretty easy. Uh, it wasn't super difficult, but um, definitely when I started doing it myself, it was more complex than they made it seem. True, but in the end, it's about getting the feeling, and if you got the feeling right after a couple of days, uh, it's like learning by doing. But really, it is you need to do it in order to understand um, uh, 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 what happens when you do something, um, and based on that gaining experience, you improve your skills. Yeah, it definitely wasn't hard. Like I wouldn't say it's something that um, is unachievable. I think almost anybody would be able to practice with the system, mm-hmm. and over time. Uh, develop the skill set in the field. A lot of it is uh, very subtle, like sounds that could come from the mixer that uh, Mark is able to recognize in a second um, that seem like uh, benign to mm-hmm. other people. So, uh, what's the uh, what's the next steps in the short term? The next steps in the short term. Um, at this moment, we're making several printers, um, uh, which we will be delivering from off August, September, October. Um, uh, some of them will be new models, which we haven't shown yet. Uh, we will show them in uh, September, October. Uh, we'll announce uh, what these models are, what the advantages are of these new models. Um, of course, we also have our software updates. Uh, there will be a release of the new Shizzle, I believe, somewhere in August. And uh, 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 yeah, for the rest, we are adding a lot of content to the library. Um, uh, so the digital platform on which we provide the um, remote training, uh, as we couldn't travel uh, due to Corona, uh, due, due to COVID. Uh, so here we've got Academy and models can be downloaded, software updates can be um, uh, downloaded and installed on pr- printers, as well as a knowledge base um, with all the practical and, and handful tips and tricks. For example, how to hoist printed elements, um, uh, how to reinforce them, etc. So a lot of yeah, content gathering, uh, adding. Cool, and that will benefit all of the customers, partners that you've... Yeah, at this moment, since um, the travel restrictions that we faced in throughout the last um, year and a couple of months um, are now more relaxing, so we are scheduling in um, of course, the team uh, went a couple of weeks ago to Qatar. Um, we see that now more countries are opening up. Uh, so we are scheduling those trips uh, to our partners um, in, in, in Morocco, in Paraguay, 
um, uh, in Curaçao as well. And there it's about printing, not only training them, uh, although at this moment they're being trained remotely. It's about having the last assessment. And then during that one or two weeks being there with our team, also helping them with building the first buildings. Um, uh, so that they know how to not only print, but to build a real building with the technology. Um, what are some of the key differences of just a regular print and building a real building? Um, it's like uh, within building a real building, uh, and printing is printing, that's the same. And the only difference that could be is that uh, uh, you print the wall elements directly on site, uh, which means, and that is possible with these uh, robotic arms, you print a, uh, a wall element next to another wall element, but then you print in an angle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, of course, uh, if you look at the print itself, it's quite similar um, uh, from a printing perspective, but uh, from a detailing perspective, you need to take more things into account. Uh, for example, a wall element, the connection with the window, with the roof, uh, with the flooring. Um, and that, during design and engineering already by our team or by uh, the team of our, our partner, needs to be figured out. And here on the knowledge base, actually, we've got similar of those principal details, um, which you can download or they can use as a reference so that they don't need to reinvent the wheel themselves. Yeah, it's interesting. Would you expect most partners to go through this and really read every detail of the instructions? Uh, no, um, I, I, I don't think that they are going to read and nobody's doing actually because we can measure this. Uh, reading everything and then start printing. Uh, no, they have, they've got a, 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 a situation on hand and then they need some specific information mm -hmm. and then they will go whether that specific information can be found. Yeah. And that's also relevant because uh, within after sales, Mark, for example, uh, we've got uh, within the service level agreement, those bi-weekly meetings, conference calls, and we get a lot of feedback from our customers, uh, feedback on how the software runs, Artisan. Um, and with that feedback, these are also input for our design engineering team, our robotic and software engineers to further improve the technology. And that's relevant that we have now in multiple countries all around the world, uh, different uh, uh, universities, companies that are really using the technology that provides a really relevant information to, to further uh, uh, improve the technology. Yeah, it's an interesting system you have. I always go back and forth on, and there really is no great answer to like, what's the best printing system because they're also different and they all offer so many different It depends benefits. on the, what kind of project you're going to build as well as where, what kind of regulations, etc. Um, I used to think like the gantry system is what you want to do if you want to build something big, but then I realized that all the gantry system prints I've seen have cracking in them and especially in seismic zones, um, a monolithic structure really just isn't an option. And so having that big all at once print really becomes far less appealing especially if you want to avoid aesthetic cracking mm. or you want to print in a seismic zone. Uh, are there any other benefits particularly that really differentiate the robotic arm systems from gantry style systems? Um, what we always look uh, is to determine uh, to get a fast return of investment. And we see based on different calculations, we make these, um, uh, uh, we call it uh, the Economic Institute of Construction of Building. So we make a comparison of how you conventionally build a house. For example, this is a house, um, uh, 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 let's say somewhere in the world. Uh, 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 they build it conventionally with bricks. Uh, costing is around 40, 45,000 euros in the end. 
And based on that, um, these are direct building costs. We compare with uh, what if we would print such a building, only the direct building costs. So that means the overhead are not included. And then with printing it, we see that there is a cost reduction of around 2%. However, conventional construction takes 25 weeks printing, uh, also due to the fast hydration time, 24 hours, you can uh, schedule all your other activities the day after, instead of waiting 28 days, which you normally do with uh, bricks or with concrete. Um, uh, the production time is not 25 weeks, but five weeks, mm -hmm. which means the 2% of cost reduction that we calculated here with such a, a mobile uh, concrete printer um, will be increased to around 7% with overall reduction uh, compared with uh, conventional construction. Um, so uh, that's a relevant one. Um, uh, 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 this is possible uh, because uh, of within our system, you've got a really quick uh, setup time. Um, if the printer is on site, just within a couple of minutes, you can start printing. This is within a gantry system more complicated, especially when you've got a really big gantry system. It takes like longer than half a day to set it up. And then depending on the material and the mixed form system you use um, with our system, um, if you're a good and skilled operator, it takes like one bucket of waste and you're started up, which takes you like five minutes and then you're good to go to print. Depending on the material and the mixed pump system you use, it can take maybe one hour or even longer to get the print trials. Um, since our system is so standardized, um, you win a lot of time in this regard. So uh, besides cost reduction, also instead of uh, building one building in 25 weeks, now you can do so within five weeks, which means in the end, with one printer you can produce more buildings so your turnover could grow um, and if you're done 20 weeks earlier you're collecting an extra four months of rent five months of rent etc etc indeed um, uh, so we mainly focus on this and then we can conclude um, because we did that with um, our current printer as well as with different kind of houses and also comparing a gantry system and a robotic system um, in some of those cases and, and we saw that with, uh, depending on the size of the building and, 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 and the, the, the shape as well as the size, uh, either a gantry system could be more uh, interesting or a mobile robotic system. Um, and, and that is what we first do with our clients, determine what, what do you want to build, how big is your market size, and so how many units uh, in upcoming years might you be able to build. And based on that, determine which uh, printer, uh, this printer, uh, the RC, uh, uh, what would be the benefits? One thing I haven't seen yet is, uh, well, I guess first, another benefit I saw of the robotic arm systems versus the gantry style systems is the, the setup and takedown time. A, a gantry system needs to be shifted in modular units and then you need either a crane or forklift on site to uh, put all the pieces in place. And so, especially for on-site printing, that uh, that setup cost and takedown cost is uh, pretty expensive for the, for the gantry system versus uh, robotic arm which could potentially just be driven off the back of a truck. Mm -hmm. I haven't yet seen any um, two-story houses printed with a robotic arm system and I guess that's largely due to the limited height range of a, of a robotic arm. There are some planned projects like the Milestone projects. They have the five houses built. They built the first one and uh, they have two more coming up soon that are two stories and so yep, next year they hope um, and that, that goes they print with a uh, robotic system on a track so pre-costed I think for these robotic systems you indeed would focus on printing and pre-costed whether this being pre-costing the elements on the job site or off-site and then eventually assembling uh, all the elements uh, which means you're not 
you don't need a really big printer. You just print with such a printer, with robotic arm, um, uh, super fast, depending on the material you use. And then uh, on site, you're just assembling uh, all the elements into the building. Uh, at this moment, also within our partners uh, overseas, we see that they are focusing on the two and uh, three-story building uh, by assembling the, the wall elements uh, eventually into a building. And then whether it is a two, three, four, five-story building doesn't matter anymore. The best thing is, is that um, you still can use the same printer, um, the same robotic arms, same hardware, same software. Within the Gantry system, um, uh, you're limited within the reach. Um, uh, uh, or if you have got a big Gantry system, uh, 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 if you're going to precast big walls, it's pretty big hurdle to ship them to the job, job site because you're constrained uh, from a logistical perspective with the weight that uh, a truck can uh, take. Under that circumstance, would you be able to uh, pour concrete columns for the structural element or use steel for a two-floor structure? Um, what we always focus on, and we do this since 2017, the project we've built first in uh, Dubai, um, in order to comply with local regulations, um, use an RC frame. So um, within the printed wall element, um, uh, one column, maybe two, depending on the regulations, uh, with concrete and with reinforcement. And then of course also a beam, which can be either concrete or wood. Um, uh, uh, uh. Of course also you can, instead of an RC frame, you can use steel beams or steel frame uh, structures. Mm -hmm. The best thing about that is that it directly complies with the local regulations. It is standardized so every municipality can um, approve, can permit such a construction project. Um, uh, so printing can be, from a practical essence, can be done. Uh, you don't need any new standards, etc. The downside is that actually you've got a double structure. You've got, uh, if you, especially when you've got a four-layer wall system, um, uh, and you've got the printed wall element as well as a column. Um, uh, so it's a very extra strong structure, mm -hmm. uh, which means in the future there are possibilities to if you could um, standardize um, and make the printed wall elements low bearing, then actually can get rid of the uh, steel framing or the RC's uh, uh, frames, which means you would downside the, the cost even more. So that means now you reduce the cost, the direct cost by 2%. And depending on the design of the house, our uh, in-house designed patio bungalow, a cost reduction of 5.5%. And then overall with time, you decrease the cost with more than 10%. If you, in this setup, would also make sure that the wall principles would be low bearing, so the printed walls, you could reduce the amount of RC framing, which means the cost reduction, which is already there, would be even bigger. Mm -hmm. And then you could, could reach 15% of cost reduction. Yeah, one of the many ways that uh, more cost reduction can be achieved with concrete printing is so new that there's like so many hurdles that can be overcome that could reduce prices even further, whether it's teaching people more. Or right, uh, printing, concrete printing as well as automation and construction, this just got started. Of course, there are a lot of, um, uh, also other companies, um, uh, almost unicorn companies that, that just quit, like Catera a couple of weeks ago, um, and really, I, I think a great example, uh, they focus too much on uh, increasing their productivity, uh, setting up a lot of factories, but if in the end there is no local customer uh, that wants to, uh, that you can provide such a house, then eventually uh, 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 you've invested a lot, in this case 2 billion US dollar, um, and they got bankrupt. Uh, so what we focus on in, uh, is getting such a return on investment calculation, uh, determining where the first clients would be, and then based on natural growth, first your first house with your first printer, then with that first printer, second house, third house, 
and then uh, slowly they will grow. And then over time, in one or two years, they, uh, our partner could purchase a second printer and then eventually a third one. And then based on that, the community that we are creating, a uh, global community, uh, which is um, like in most of the countries at this moment, uh, 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 where you see here an orange dot, uh, within the white dots we're currently in negotiation with to set up partnerships um, and to uh, uh, sell the printers. Um, based on that, uh, eventually they're going to strengthen each other. Um, they're going to share through the library their knowledge. For example, at this moment, the, our Japanese partner in Aizawa, they put uh, these toilet rooms that they printed last year, they put that on the library. You printed one of the wall elements uh, last week. At this moment, our partner in Morocco, uh, they're printing um, in Morocco 10 of those. Um, and so they're sharing this, mm -hmm. which means they are reducing the cost for having the need for an architect, which is not even included already in this five to 10% cost reduction for building, but also here there is a solution for reducing costs for design and engineering. Um, this will speed up time and this is something we can do because we are working together with a group of um, not only the bigger companies uh, like for example Sapporji Palungi in India or Buick in France or Asiona in Spain but also the smaller companies even startups like Wafe that you met last week is he's actually a startup and based on that we can strengthen each other. Um, so you mentioned how the current printed walls and this goes for every 3D printed construction company, the printed walls, as strong as they are, even stronger than traditional concrete in many cases, um, aren't recognized yet from by engineers as being structural components of the building. So what are the hurdles to overcoming that? And is it an amount of money? Like how much would it take to reach that certification? Um, certification, of course, always money. Um, and the more countries that you want to include, the more money as well as time you need to spend, a lot of discussions. Um, but also from a technical perspective, there is a hurdle because um, if you only have concrete, um, there is no ductility in it. So what is necessary is to find out a way to integrate ductility. So when it cracks, then uh, that the reinforcement in it still is holding it together. Mm. Um, you can develop that as a material, um, like, uh, uh, but then the question is how are you going to build it up with such a machine? Because then the machine, the printer, needs to integrate directly reinforcement. And in some places you want to have it, and in some places not. And if you only have a system that can place reinforcement everywhere, that means that in the end you've got a uh, wall element that is low-bearing, uh, ductile, standardized, but since you're placing reinforcement, which is special reinforcement everywhere, it will be fucking expensive. So there is no return of investment anymore. So uh, there are like a lot of factors, variables that you need to touch. Um, it, it should be uh, practical for such a machine. You need to develop technology. You need to test and certify it. You need to make still make a business case out of it that it is faster and cheaper. Also, the material that you're going to use need to be locally available. Because if we develop a new kind of reinforcement that is only available in the Netherlands, I don't think that Wafe in New Zealand is going to say, yeah, I'm going to import it. The price will go up. Mm. So there are a lot of uh, variable factors that, 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 that are in, uh, re relevant in order to make, uh, to determine whether something is from an economic and a, uh, a technical perspective feasible. What about just getting it to be recognized as similar strength to like a cinder block wall with uh, rebar placed in and concrete board 
yeah, could be in some countries, um, uh, 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 but then you copy actually what is already being done. And then you need to look at uh, the uh, specific material costing of like limestone bricks mm -hmm. uh, or the concrete. And then concrete we use normally, which is our concrete as well as the other companies, they're uh, normally a bit more expensive than regular concrete. Um, and then from a costing perspective, you won't be cheaper than, than regular brick, brick, uh, uh, brick walls. So I guess the crux of my question is how many units would somebody need to build for it to make sense for them to pursue these certifications to get the material recognized as being structural, get the, get the printed walls to be recognized as structural? Mm, how many things need to be printed? Um, I don't know whether it is a matter of how many things in order to determine the return of investment and now we can invest in it. Mm -hmm. I think also still, the um, because it's quite complex, there are a lot of variables that need to be right in order to say this is the, the, um, uh, uh, the solution, which is a solution not only for us as SIBA, but for all the partners or uh, other companies from a global perspective. Um, it's quite complex, so I think first um, uh, uh, the right solution still need to be found. And it's regional. Uh, yeah, it could be that indeed in every region that might be different. And um, uh, 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 after that solution is being found, then it can be determined what would it cost and how long will it take and who do we need uh, to work together with in order to develop this. Um, we had not found uh, yet the way that during printing we're going to place a kind of a reinforcement. From a technical perspective, we've done this. Uh, we've done several testing, demonstrations, prototyping. But in the end, we said, yeah, if we want to scale up this prototype, um, from an economic perspective, it doesn't make sense. Um, so so we, we stopped and we said, we go for an RC frame, for example, that we've done in Dubai and Saudi Arabia, etc. Okay, so we discussed a lot in the first podcast how CBay is a self-financed um, organization you guys didn't take on external investors and you operate completely independently without uh without having to succumb to other people's demands or so that adds a lot of freedoms for for cbay um can you talk about since you're the sole person kind of responsible for cbay's well-being and future um i'm sure there have been moments that uh, maybe stressful, maybe stressful is the wrong word, but high pressure moments. Um, there are many, many stressful moments indeed. So yeah. what were some of the, can you talk about any of the moments where you were really like pulling your hair out? Like what's going on with this startup? Should I continue? Like now you guys have sold a bunch of printers, you're much more comfortable, but. Now we're pretty comfortable. And if now somebody says now uh, this project, we put it on hold for one year due to financial reasons as a result of COVID, then okay. Fuck, that's, that's, that, that's a shame. Uh, but then we will talk uh, again in one year and we, we, will, uh, we are capable, we're uh, big enough. Um, uh, uh, well, um, uh, yeah, uh, strong enough as a company to overcome such things. Um, uh, uh, but back in 2015, when we, in 2013 or 14, was a focus on developing the technology. Um, uh, material together with Kuvador, um, uh, uh, and then uh, the hardware and software, mixed pump systems, the robotic systems, uh, software to control it, 
um, base and that we entered in uh, 2015 in an accelerated program and that was actually a thing that um, I personally learned a lot uh, because they said it's not about your technology that people don't give a shit about the technology uh, and what they want is something else what is the solution uh, what is their problem and, and how could your technology uh, solve this um, so based on that I've learned um, uh, in the end uh, people don't want to have printers or whatever, they want to have houses uh, or a bridge or a product that they can use. Um, uh, 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 so um, I think we've been, I've been lost, lucky in 2015 to enter in this accelerate program and they um, made it mandatory to contact over 100 uh, potential customers of which 50 should be out of the, outside the Netherlands, so in France, in Germany, but also in Japan, in Australia, etc. And based on that, we validated um, uh, uh, um, uh, whether our thoughts um, uh, were correct. As a result, we also ended in the first partnerships. Uh, so you, in a pretty safe environment, grow. Then in 2016, we acquired a project in Dubai. Um, then actually, it started to get a bit more complicated. Um, uh, because then you're not anymore here safe uh, with my father's company uh, 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 in the Netherlands, with all the people that you know, uh, the same language you speak, the same culture you have. Um, of course, I've been in Dubai a couple of times uh, beforehand. But when we were there, we could print here. It's like 20 degrees. There it was like 40, 45 degrees. Um, some things were not prepared, um, a, a, a different mentality, uh, people that work there. Um, a, 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 so, and then you are there pretty far away from home. Uh, back then we had sometimes those moments, uh, how are we going to survive this? 2017. And then of course also something about payments. Um, that first project, um, uh, 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 the general contractor, um, not the most uh, faithful, uh, trustworthy contractor, uh, we still have not been paid full. Um, uh, uh, but I believe in the, uh, the technology, I believe what we're doing, uh, we pay this upfront. We will make sure that back in 2017, the first uh, on-site printed building that is actually being um, permitted by a local government so that it complies with local standards, that was back then not done. Um, uh, for us, I believe that is relevant to do, uh, although there are a lot of hurdles, challenges, and we will overcome them, because afterwards um, you need to have such a reference. And we learned a lot. <laughs> uh, afterwards we did a similar project in Milan, which was a bit more easy, uh, of course, but also we've done afterwards a project in, in Saudi Arabia, the first house being built in mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. Um, and we thought Dubai, Saudi Arabia are quite similar, um, but we've learned that actually uh, uh, a lot of things are different. And we again went through an entire process um, uh, uh, of, of, of negotiation, etc. Um, so those two years, and, um, and mainly from payment perspective, and you have got then like five to 15 employees in 2017, uh, uh, 18. Um, and that was a most challenging time that you don't know when you, the money comes in. So you don't know when and how to pay your team members and uh, what do you need to do to get new sales. Uh, that was pretty um, stressful. I think afterwards, uh, at this moment especially, um, uh, since also we've been in such stressful times, um, and currently, as well as last year with COVID, uh, we were pretty yeah, well um, and no stress. We knew what, was, uh, what we could expect. Um, of course, um, it's not only about printing, it's eventually setting up a company. Um, how to structure your company, 
um, uh, with sales, design engineering, contract management, uh, printing, manufacturing of printers, design and engineering, hardware, software, um, ICT, finance, uh, PR, uh, HR. Uh, together you can address all the current topics um, uh, on an operational level or even on a tactical strategic level. So we're pretty good organized as a company at this moment. Which means if there is something um, like a crisis as COVID, then we have our meetings, we address it, and then together as a team, um, uh, uh, so I don't feel that alone, but together with the team, um, I think uh, we can solve or address any situation that will come to us. So from that low point, was there, I'm sure it wasn't just like that low and then bounce back the next day because they weren't really paying on time and so that's like, creating an extended kind of struggle. Um, yeah. Was there a moment where you came out of that rut? Um, Can that be defined in one moment? Or? 2017 was as a result thereof a uh, pretty stressful entire year. Then we were lucky that um, uh, uh, we started to sell printers. Of course, we had to learn a lot of new things um, uh, because instead of only printing and design and engineering a building, a lot of new activities, yeah, we could build a printer that we use ourselves. But now we had to develop a printer with manuals, with training, uh, making sure that we could connect it um, uh, so that we could uh, log in from a distance and control it for servers and support. Um, so we needed to um, uh, uh, step up our game actually. Um, that is something we had to do while we, with another team, were printing in Milan. Uh, so we created uh, two streams, the printers and building um, within the company. Um, Although we had from the last year, 2017, still um, uh, 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 the bad uh, situation for a construction company that was not paying. Then eventually the Saudi Arabia project, um, uh, we were there, uh, but they reorganized within that department, uh, which means um, they said, okay, get rid of all your equipment, uh, clean it up. Um, uh, 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 and we had to negotiate uh, that we would build it. Again, together with our partner, in this case CCC, um, and we pay up front. We were lucky with CCC as a partner in this project to do this. Um, then eventually in September, we finished that project, printing uh, it in five days. It's actually here, this one. Um, printing this in five days in September. When we flew back, then actually our printer would be also in that airplane, tra being transported back um, because we had to print in December 2019, the Vergadefabriek, the building that we've built as a general contractor here in the Netherlands in Apeldoorn. Um, but then we got a phone call from uh, the Ministry of Housing that like, yeah, in November we do a big inauguration. We have captured printer here in Saudi Arabia. So I could call everyone like, uh, yeah, we need to cancel some projects because yeah, our technology is still there. Um, that all until the beginning of 2019 had a bad impact on our company or from a financial perspective. Um, and that means that from off 2019, we had to overcome that. Um, uh, 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 so make sure that by the end of 2019, we, we run break even. We've been lucky that we focused a lot of time on sales, 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 new deals, new partnerships. Um, as a result of, we had um, a pretty uh, a good um, order portfolio um, this is the beginning of 2020 um, and, uh, and then COVID came in. You mentioned Saudi was, your printer was stuck in Saudi. You were talking really fast though, was that because 
of shipping delays or they were holding it hostage? Um, no, not hostage. Um, and, and they didn't communicate it with us that it was their idea to also have an, an inauguration in mm. November, December. And um, we were back and, um, and we learned about that. And then indeed, indeed at customs, uh, the printer could not leave because they wanted it on display. They wanted it on display and they um, got us back and they said, okay, we understand that you need to um, cancel some projects, uh, but we will pay uh, additionally for that uh, to balance everything. And CCC uh, is an independent construction company or a government affiliated? Uh, no, no, CCC is, I think they're in the top 50 biggest construction companies uh, globally. Um, they are located, uh, they're mainly building throughout the, the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the guys we work with was actually Stefan Mansour, who is now in America, in the States, yeah. uh, focusing on um, uh, uh, standards for 3D printing, uh, 3D printing and construction. So he was also involved in the project. What was his role then? He was uh, innovation and knowledge manager um, uh, and managing uh, the project um, uh, together with Patek and Siad. Um, Siad was the local project manager um, and they were working from out of uh, Greece. Their main office is located in Athens. Um, uh, so. Cool. The, uh, the project in the Netherlands, how far is that from here? Uh, almost one hour and 15 minutes driving. Mm -hmm. Cool. And what was the general sentiment of the surrounding town? Were they excited about it? Um, uh, 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 the, uh, yeah, uh, it's actually not in the town itself. Mm -hmm. It's near uh, an airfield, so there is a lot of... Um, uh, 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 Industrial zone? Uh, no, uh, 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 farmer land uh, around agriculture. it. Yeah, um, uh, so yeah. And it's a meeting factory um, and next to, uh, so it, it's being rented uh, by other companies to have their meetings over there. It's all round and uh, printed elements. Um, we tested the elements in order to get it um, approved uh, based on a structural design testing because in here actually there is no RC, so no reinforced concrete or no steel beams. Uh, therefore, we needed to use this standard, which is uh, uh, can be used in, in Europe uh, if there are no standards um, uh, because you're using something new. Mm -hmm. Then with this one, um, uh, you can actually, uh, and it uh, prescribes, you need to build up the entire structure. Uh, you need to calculate it as a structure engineer and then test it. And it should be with a big safety factor strong enough. So in here in our facility, we build up like, uh, we simulated um, uh, uh, the ground floor. Uh, printed the wall element, connected it uh, only in the bottom, and then uh, the uh, beam structure of the roof, and then tested it. And the remains are still sitting over there? Yeah, indeed. Um, one of the remains, the floor and, and the bottom is still uh, standing there. We tested it, um, uh, so on different forces, uh, back and forth and up, uh, uh, so that it would be load bearing. And this was possible because Within the building, we create uh, the architect and structural engineer, um, they used a dome shape, and then you can use a compressive strength mm -hmm. of concrete. Um, uh, 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 um, yeah, after testing, it was strong enough. Uh, and so then with the, those test results, you can um, uh, uh, attach them uh, within your construction uh, uh, submission. And then a municipality uh, can provide a construction permit. So offhand, do you know around how many elements that building was made up of? 14. And were they all unique or were any of them the same? 
they were all the same, like uh, this one. Uh, no, uh, the principle uh, different. Uh, the wall principle, the four layer system, uh, that is the same, mm -hmm. but then every wall element was unique, a bit smaller, a bit bigger. Um, so did you have to print 14 test units or did you just have no, to print? No, just one because the principle was all the same in every wall element. We only had to test once. And actually, if we would use this uh, principle in another project, um, we can use these results because it's tested once, it's okay. Um, but uh, eventually the, the wall elements, um, they were all different. But the principle was like four layer system. Uh, the first inside and then the first, the second and the third layer, that is the structural principle. The last layer is for the outside, so you can use a different shape to uh, have a different um, aesthetics to the building. And that is what we used. So the structural principle was all the same outside. And I think you've been there last days. Uh, Project Milestone is being based on the same principles mm -hmm. um, and because actually the structural engineer that, that we hired for this project, they did the structure calculation for Project Milestone. So same, same. Um, uh, 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 you know what company that is? With the Boss. Okay, cool. With, you know, um, together with the University of Eindhoven, um, uh, uh, the Bomb Webbe mix, we started together with them um, uh, that research at the University of Eindhoven, uh, which took like four years. Um, and then out of that, um, uh, 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 we did our stuff. Um, and uh, the Bomb and Webbe mix, they started a printing factory. Would you say Willem Boss is leading in structural design engineering certifications? But um, they have a lot of experience. Um, I don't know whether they are leading. Um, on a global perspective, a lot of things are happening. Um, it's, it's not only there were two things uh, in being leading. Um, where you're located, maybe they're leading in Singapore, for example, they've got an office there, uh, but not in Paraguay. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that's your region, um, as well as um, um, how well are you in developing your technology or your skill set? Uh, so it's the region as well as the skill set. Um, uh, they've got a lot of uh, good projects uh, being done together with the BOM, um, uh, 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 with Formain, with Baymix, uh, also making nice developments in Singapore, uh, we see. Uh, yeah. Cool, so is, has there been a, a high point in your experience leading CBE? Uh, the best day? Uh, best day. Um, I know you're not publicly traded, but was there maybe a day where if you were the stock price would have shut up, where the value? Uh, I actually never thought of it. Not one particular no. day necessarily. Um, about value of CBA, I don't know. Um, about uh, when uh, we felt pretty amazing. Uh, for example, uh, the last day of printing in Dubai, or the last day of printing in in Saudi Arabia. Uh, these are days, or Las Fer in France, uh, these are days that the team that is there, uh, two, three, four, five people, um, they are, um, it's, yeah, it's quite amazing if you print a building, which is not, a lot of buildings globally seen um, are being printed, especially then printing it in uh, these locations, like uh, 2019 we printed in Sarja, um, uh, uh, that's like, the, uh, you can count on one hand how many buildings are printed in the UAE. Uh, we've done two, uh, so that's pretty amazing, uh, 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 and that we can do this, and then still deliver such a project with the team we have. What kind of companies get the most value from buying a concrete printer? Is it companies that are already doing a lot of precast, or companies that are just building a bunch of units? 
struggling to find labor? Mm, when would it be uh, most beneficial? I think mm, it's not. I don't think you can say that this type of company um, uh, for them it's most beneficial. Mm -hmm. uh, there is um, a, uh, um, uh, uh, there is a demand in housing, in benches, etc. Um, and the company that, whether it is big or small, um, a pre-cost factory or a, co a construction company, if they focus, uh, they've, they've got a network uh, with those customers, whether it is a municipality or a housing corporation, um, if they can provide with their using their technology elements or in the entire building to address these that demand, um, uh, they are, will be most uh, successful. Uh, so having a good relation um, is relevant. And of course, what we've done last year in November in, in New Zealand, um, uh, uh, during the training, we also did some public demonstrations. Um, what Wafes see is that uh, out of that, those public demonstrations, um, a lot of people from New Zealand, from Hamilton and Vancouver, they now know his company. So um, they're contacting him with, hey, can you print this? We've got a project in this, etc., etc. As a result, he is now growing as a company. Um, I think that that mentality, how he, he's done it, um, is most relevant. Um, and what you see is that normally the smaller companies, um, uh, uh, they act and they organize themselves like this. The bigger companies, for example, with Greek, they're more organized. So with them, we are more on a strategic tactical level, determining um, what applications are there, um, uh, making the cost comparisons, uh, also uh, testing some things from a technical perspective, and then see uh, how we can move forward. These are more like more longer procedures because you've got to do with a lot big company. And if you uh, make a cost indication together with one of the directors in order to get his approval, he needs to discuss this internally with other people. Yeah. That's the real beauty of Seabay uh, being self-funded and like you guys don't have to run through so many hoops to make decisions. You can kind of pivot quickly and uh, push down there. This is also something that is um, uh, really uh, relevant as a company in the construction industry. Um, if we go up somewhere. That's a good point, most construction companies. It's not about being funded, um, uh, we can be flexible. That is also during the um, uh, 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 accelerated program, uh, those uh, mentors, they said, focus on one thing. Uh, every, everyone says this, focus on uh, only selling printers or only going to print or only, and that's actually what you see with all the other printing companies. Um, uh, Cobalt is selling printers, X3 is printing themselves. Um, that Abraham wants to sell printers, etc., etc., etc. I think in the end, mm, that is what is uh, separating us from all the other ones. Since we are doing everything, also we can create a crossover. Um, uh, we know how to build printers and design and engineer them. Uh, based on that, with the architects, we can determine uh, what can we print, etc. Um, and we can push uh, the boundaries in the technology as well as in the designs. And um, that is, I think, unique, uh, but also uh, setting us apart. And um, uh, uh, in the end, being that one-stop shop, being able to support potential customers in a better way. Um, Which is the most important thing at the end of the day. Yeah, it's about crossovers. Uh, what we see is we are using the fourth industrial revolution technologies, which is 
a step ahead of the second and the third industrial revolution, which is now taking place in the construction industry normally, uh, using BIM, etc. So normal construction companies, they're growing, 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 and then they need to step to another one, which means a lot of social education, so social innovation. What we focus on as a company, we focus on technical innovation, which is not only printing or robotics or big data or Internet of Things, or it's like everything together um, and, and making the best combination. Uh, uh, uh. Were there any skills you needed to develop that you weren't expecting to need uh, when you embarked on this journey? Um, as a as the founder of CBA? Uh, uh, it's yeah, it, 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 it's also on the back of my shirt. Uh, uh, learning by doing, but it's like a lifelong of learning. Um, uh, in the beginning, I coded a bit myself. Uh, now we've got um, uh, uh, teams. Uh, I hired in the beginning also. I did some coding myself. I thought, okay, this is complicated. So I hired an external party to purchase the first uh, robotic arm. He had software. Um, as well as with a mechanical engineer um, uh, for uh, supporting with the mixed pump system. Uh, you've got eventually the, the, the feeling, but you hire a lot of people uh, around you in the team. Um, uh, uh, in this case, uh, we hired external companies um, uh, uh, to su support with the development of um, uh, the first setup of the system. Uh, robotic arm Frederick such a while two hours. It all started with a small welding arm, which only did this, <laughs> and to look whether we could um, uh, 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 place one layer on top of another layer, which was like November 2013. Mm. December 2000, uh, 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 November 2013, December 2014. And then we said, okay, we enter in this accelerated program because this as a prototype we could use. We said, this will be our business. We are going to use the technology to build houses. Eventually, we learned an accelerated program that is better to sell the technology and to address issues. For example, one of the biggest issues is uh, the labor shortage. Research has been done, for example, by Boston Consultancy Group back in 2014, that we can determine what the labor population will be in 18 years because they will be born today. Welfare is increasing, amount of products is increasing, etc. So there will be a shortage in every country they can determine. And I will always say this shortage will be even bigger in the construction industry because people nowadays that don't want to work, be a carpenter or whatever, they want to be a, a, a Bitcoin trader, an influencer, uh, do marketing, etc. etc. So uh, uh, this labor shortage for the construction industry will be even bigger. So uh, construction automation, whether it is concrete printing or uh, robots placing bricks or whatever, um, eventually will be a solution for this because although there is a big labor shortage, still the population globally is growing, which actually is a strange this contradiction. Um, as a result, uh, the housing issue uh, gets bigger. We need more houses. Um, we had a collaboration with uh, Indonesia, which is now due to COVID on hold for the time being. Uh, but in Indonesia, there is a shortage of over 10 million houses today. Mm -hmm. and, and this is, uh, we think in the Netherlands, we've got 1 million houses needed in the upcoming years. That's already a big issue. There are countries which are even having bigger issues. Um, and, and so automation is for them really interesting. Because, in, and that's also why we are mainly in countries um, like here in the middle, as well as uh, Paraguay, Chile, uh, 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 
in those countries here and around the Caribbean because there they currently use technologies in construction which are low in, in, in the mid-tech. So uh, they leapfrog. They can think of, okay, we're going to invest money in setting up a pre-cost factory which costs them 10, 20, 30 million euros. It takes like four to five years to build it. Uh, or they say, now we're going to invest in one printer, 200,000 euros. So the investment is way uh, lower. That printer will be available within four to six months and then we can start printing. And then in a, a natural way, we're going to grow our capacity of printers as well as the production capacity. Um, so they're leapfrogging um, and that's what's happening now. Right now your production, uh, I saw a little bit of, is mostly handmade. Each printer is um, done by your team. They make sure all the wires are in place properly and everything. Uh, what scale of printers sold per year do you think you'd have to reach to rethink your production process and maybe even automate some of the production process? Last year we um, started, instead of doing everything ourselves, um, with the team to start outsourcing components. Um, and within that process um, uh, we can still grow uh, for the upcoming years, uh, depending on the demand. Um, uh, 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 uh. I'll keep an overhead low. Yeah. So um, based on that, we've got a core team and they're assembling everything as well as putting in electrical uh, 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 wiring as well as hydraulics, uh, putting in the software. These are uh, relevant things. Other things um, like welding, there were, and we're lucky here in the Netherlands in, in, in our village, Os, um, um, we are in an industrial area where you can find a lot of other companies that are really specialized in welding all these parts. So why having all the machinery, the people, etc., etc., ourselves? If sometimes you've got four printers to be manufactured and then zero and then two, and then uh, you want to have continuity um, uh, 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 in that regard, that would be better. But since we don't have it, it's better for us to outsource to companies that work uh, for other companies, uh, making, for example, the crowder or uh, uh, parts of the mixed pump system. And then um, we do all the design engineering. So we do all the design engineering, we provide these companies to which we outsource those parts, uh, these designs, um, then we order these parts and they can make it. And then we get them here um, after four to eight, maybe 12 weeks, depending on the component. And then we need like two, three, four weeks to assemble everything. Assemble the robot on the crowder uh, with the tracks, um, attach the mixed pump system, depending on the options, um, uh, uh, connect everything uh, with data, uh, test it here and then ship it out. Some people have a concern with, with any new technology. It's like, why not wait a couple of years and get the new model? What if the one I buy now goes obsolete? Is there any answer to that? Um, what we do is with our uh, systems that they're all modular. Uh, so in the future, if ABB would have a new robotic system, new robotic arm, then the robotic arm can be replaced. Um, uh, we develop software uh, and, and always update it. We also provide our customers, we push the new um, uh, software updates, we push them to the printers um, and then for mixed pump system that's also modular um, uh, as well as yeah, the robotic arms as well as for the crowder. Um, yeah. So will hardware upgrades always be available for people to uh, retrofit their old printers? Uh, upgrades as well as um, uh, 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 updates. 
it's, it's, it's a modular system, so it's easy to take off, for example, the, the, the nozzle and to add a new nozzle or to add a new feature. Um, it's, uh, that's something we create at the platform. Um, and depending on the need, um, some customers, they say, I don't want to use uh, the material you use with Corridor. Uh, it's from a logistical perspective, it's a, a too big of a hurdle to ship it uh, or to, to, to create it locally because we don't have the resources. We're going to use this. Okay, um, then we can adjust the mix pump system in order to um, also be able to process that. Um, yeah, that's a big thing that I, uh, I had a misconception that CBA printers were required to use CBA material, but that's not the case. No, that's not the case. Um, of course, with all the other things we provide, with the models, etc., this all has, has been tested, um, these wall elements, with, our, with the material we have with Kuvador. Um, if you have a different material, then uh, your structure calculations will be different, uh, maybe, um, as well as uh, your printing strategy, what you can print. So it might be that these designs you're not capable to print uh, with your material. So you will end up by reinventing a lot of things we already have done. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 but we, it, it, I think we should not um, uh, 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 make it mandatory for a customer, for a partner, for a user of technology that it should be this. They are free um, and maybe they will learn in the end that uh, uh, with our material, with Kudo material, it's the best. But then still their decision, it will be their experience. And maybe they will find a, a new material um, and then of course we want to test it so that we also have a feeling of how it works and also, also to make sure that um, uh, uh, the system is capable of, of uh, processing that material. So with your material, what's the maximum overhang that you achieved? The maximum overhang that we achieved? Um, uh, it's a layer of four centimeters. Uh, normally it's like 25%. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can overhang one centimeter. But then also you've got gravity, because if you only have one layer um, and then you've got overhang of like um, uh, 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 from one uh, a layer of four centimeters, one centimeter each, and eventually after four layers, it will uh, tip down. Uh, so you need the second or third layer to, for counterweight. So that depends. Um, in Dubai, we had an element which in the bottom was 30 centimeters or 35. And in the top, it was um, 850. So it was uh, pretty much a pretty big overhang. Um, as well as in the Vergaderfabriek, these walls had a pretty big overhang. Uh, but first uh, going in and then because it was a double curved wall and then in the bottom it was bigger than in, in the top. Mm. Uh, so also we created, and that's important in, in order to create an overhang, uh, you need some stability somewhere. Uh, and that is the nice thing with printing. You can create somewhere stability um, in order to keep a pretty big curved wall standing. Um, How far away are we from housing on demand when people can say, I want this house built in this region and they can quickly get a quote from a contractor to deliver? Um, you also mean from printing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because otherwise I would say, no, that's already being done, uh, but not with printing. <laughs> um, uh, aren't companies like uh, Icon uh, or Mighty Village uh, offering this already in the US? Kind of, not really. Uh, it's still, they're kind of picking and choosing the projects they want to do. And Mighty Buildings, it's hard to truly define them as a 3D printed uh, construction company when it seems only a small portion of the building is printed. Um, you don't really see... I mean, from the projects I've seen of theirs, 
it's like less than 5% of the visible uh, parts of the building are printed. Mm -hmm. So excluding them, there's no companies that are accepting orders, giving kind of like a flat price on their website or something like that, where someone can just go through an automated process, click buy now. I think that's very um, also complicated. Yeah. Because of all the uh, variables um, uh, 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 there are um, around the world. Yeah. Um, a different kind of costings, different kind of um, uh, 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 market uh, economics, uh, but also different ways of building and different types of housing that people want. Uh, somewhere they want to have 30, 30 uh, uh, 40 square meter houses, single bedroom. And in some places they want to have 250 square villas uh, with at least, etc., etc. A lot of these things also depend on um, the welfare in such a country, as well as what is um, uh, normal from a cultural perspective. Uh, and from a climate perspective, do people live outside or inside? Is it rainy? Is it cold? Etc. So um, only from that perspective, there are so many variables that determine this, that it is really difficult to uh, start working on, on, on such a thing that you say, platform, you know, we try to learn a lot um, uh, making these costings with all the partners uh, uh, we have. Uh, uh, and that's also a good starting point with these partners to first uh, determine what kind of buildings they make and then uh, create a costing together from a conventional way as well as combining it and comparing it with concrete printing. Um, uh, uh, but it's such a platform for global uh, housing on the market. Uh, cobalt, what is it? It's also something not looked up on the market. I don't think they're, um, they do building on demand is the name of the boat system. Yeah, indeed. Um, but they should do this. They also, I think, pick and choose their projects. They don't just, they aren't able to say yes to every single project. Um, mm. And they don't have any kind of like flat rate. Um, but I don't mean, you can never have really a global flat rate. Even just a regional uh, print on demand system would certainly require a printer in your area. You're not going to ship uh, all the way from Europe to America for just with one. A nice example project. who is actually doing this, but not really in the construction industry is 3D hubs. They have, do you know the platform? Um, if you've got a 3D printer, ah. and then you can add it to the platform. And if you are a person that has a 3D file that needs to be printed, then you can go to the platform and say, I have got this uh, file and where is the most nearby printer uh, or net? printing uh, uh, facilitator yeah. um, and then you can select them you can review them etc you can select them and then you share your 3d file to them and then a day two days whatever and you, later you can pick it up and so then i guess let me redefine my question to how many years are we away from something like that for concrete printing that we need a lot of money <laughs> And a lot of investments um, and, and, and I, with uh, 3D hubs, what they have uh, for plastic and all, all other materials um, except for concrete uh, housing. Um, and they started in, in Amsterdam um, uh, also back in, I don't know, 2014, 2015. And they went into a lot of investments, um, but it's really easy uh, uh, because there are so many, that's also relevant, so many uh, plastic printers back then. 2015, everyone bought like their first Ultimaker order. Mm. So there was a lot of, and, and they were figuring out, okay, now I've got my Ultimaker, but I'm not going to print a cup for myself and that's it. So uh, there were a lot of people that um, uh, uh, could uh, provide that service. 
and eventually a lot of other people they uh, thought oh this is interesting so they combined that um, I think for construction is way more complicated because you don't have that mass of printers um, uh, 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 of course you've got the demand people want houses yeah. but um, uh, 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 I don't think that a person will go on his telephone and say uh, I'm here and this is my uh, there are a lot of in order to build you need a permit uh, you need uh, a mortgage uh, you need ground etc so uh, in order to have such a platform there are still a lot of other hurdles that a person that can order uh, a printed house he needs to overtake and a lot of houses uh, we see are also being built not by people privately but by, by companies uh, by organizations um, and I don't think that they eventually will use such a platform because what they do is um, construction is pretty much being built up on relations. Um, and, and the relation that a construction company or real estate company has with the local municipality, with the local government, etc. There and there it will be arranged how and what some things will be built. That's maybe also the reason that Catera they focused on production. They had production capacity in the US, in, in, in I think somewhere in the Netherlands as well as in uh, Asia, uh, spent two billion, um, but they didn't focus on sales. Um, uh, and then they went to start to focus on sales and they came to a conclusion that they as a corporate, as a big company, it's really difficult to enter into a more local market. And that is also something we experience when we are talking with potential customers, um, uh, like also with Buffet, uh, we had a podcast last week with him, uh, that they know the local market. Um, uh, and I think that's relevant. And that will, I don't know, it's the, in that regard, uh, construction, such a platform that's really thinking 4.0, uh, uh, construction 4.0. But um, a lot of people like, uh, in a lot of countries, they are still here. Also, how they purchase a house, um, so that takes <laughs> five, ten, fifteen years. It's fair. A big problem, like you mentioned, is the supply and demand. A lot of people want even not just houses, but furniture, uh, planters, benches, these kind of features. Um, the to make the supply match the demand. Obviously, you need to sell a lot of printers, or you can have them available for rent. How far are we away from a system that allows people to just rent a printer from some equipment manufacturer, the way you can rent a crane or some other piece of equipment? A lot of companies currently, they ask us as well, uh, we want to have a printer, but we don't want to purchase it. Okay, okay, sure, uh, but I'm not going to give it for free. And then they ask us, uh, can you lease it? Can we lease it? Um, we've tried this uh, back in 2014, uh, that um, uh, we would lease out the printers, but then the leasing agency uh, we talked with, they said, yeah, but uh, then um, uh, 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 you produce a printer, it will be here ready, like maybe tens of it, you lease them out, but you lease them out to, to countries like in, 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 in the US, in, in, in South America, in where, wherever. Uh, within a leasing contract, for them normally it is uh, um, uh, mandatory that they can, because it's being leased, if then the, the company that it le is leasing uh, is not paying, then they normally are capable of getting back their stuff. But if the printers are like, not in the Netherlands, but all around, in Africa or whatever, they cannot do this. So uh, the Dutch leasing agencies, they're not um, uh, interested in leasing things out. So what we always say is, okay, we can lease them out, but you need to organize locally your own leasing uh, a contract. And then what we see is uh, in a lot of countries uh, that that is a hurdle. Um, 
finances is currently a big issue as well as as a result of COVID. Um, a lot of companies, uh, of course, also us, um, it's about struggling. Um, uh, uh, yeah. But forget you guys leasing them out yourself because that's obviously like a huge capital expenditure and like, yeah, I don't know if you want to become an equipment rental company. It's like mm -hmm. so many headaches with like dealing with repos and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I pictured more as the existing rental companies adding construction printers to the list of the products that they have available for rent, like alongside excavators and cranes. And True, uh, possible they could do so, uh, but then um, uh, they, I believe that they will only do this uh, when there is a demand for these printers. And since the demand is still too small because the construction industry is here and we are providing technology that is here, um, and there is still this big gap, knowledge gap, um, a, a, a demand gap uh, of uh, the need for such a system. Um, in the printing industry, um, uh, 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 with uh, other companies, we're really at um, educating, informing other companies, um, gaining credibility. Um, I think that is the current stage that we are in as, as 3D concrete printing uh, companies. Together with universities, we doing a lot of research. There are a lot of opportunities to do research, but also for developing the technology. And then slowly, um, uh, that will grow. It's like Tesla, they first uh, car, uh, they started the company in 2003. I think I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, they first focused on uh, 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 the Tesla Roadster, which was uh, ele ele an electrical car being built out of, based on a, a for, I, I think, Lotus. Lotus. Right. And before they got mainstream with their current uh, models, uh, it took them like 10 years or even longer. Um, uh, 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 so there is still within, and um, you're selling just a car or just a, a car. Um, within construction, there are a lot of also other things uh, that need to yeah. uh, be organized. And then construction is very regional. In every country, they build differently. Uh, so a bit more hurdles, I believe, um, because of the fragmented industry. Yeah, I'm probably biased because I'm like gotten so deep into the space of 3D printed construction that I feel like there's a lot of people wanting to rent the equipment. So I feel like demand almost is there now. I mean, yeah. maybe if enough people watching my channel want to rent it, we can like get deposits together and then buy a printer and then they can have their a lot of time slots or something with it. But I think there really is. But then before you are going to print, because if you look at the process, there are two flows, information and materials. In order to be able to print and to use the building, um, uh, you need to have an architect that can design a, a building and that is printable. You need a structural engineer that can make the structure calculations in order to indicate that it is safe, mm -hmm. that is printable, but also safe in, 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 uh, with the local context, so uh, local regulations. Then you need a contractor that can build all the other stuff, windows, doors, and create the connections. So a lot of things you need to think of. Then indeed you need a printing company, and but also the materials. So a lot of things, it's easy to have a printer and say, now I'm going to print, but still, then you have a printer and you've got, you're enthusiastic and you want to print, but still you need to arrange a lot of other st stuff. We have done this since 2013. And since we have this holistic view with our own team of architects, structural engineers, we can support in any kind. I think also that sets us apart. At this moment, uh, Kevin, um, uh, we're now, uh, besides uh, uh, looking also with Kuro in, in other materials, also making sure that that material is being produced locally with local aggregates, uh, super relevant. Um, uh, so uh, we are supporting, in this case, Wafe in New Zealand um, with uh, 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 local New Zealand side mortar. And this is something we're doing in other places so that uh, the 
person or the company that is purchasing a printer from us, they can focus on one thing, which is for them most important, sales, so that they are going to print. And we can uh, support with a lot of stuff. Um, so if you have uh, renting a printer, uh, then it's not only about the printer. And uh, that's why I think those renting um, agencies, companies, yeah, they can do this, but still, um, I think they need to provide a lot of other information uh, before a company is capable um, and being enabled to print. Yeah, especially the big rental companies. I mean, maybe there's capacity for them to rent out one printer, but are they interested in that? Normally what they are renting out are cranes, and these kind of things, um, and they know that people are be being certified. They know yeah, that very uh, risk averse. Uh, right, and they know that um, it can be a caterpillar, it can be a leap hair, it can be a, a lot of other brands. So the market is way more mature already, um, and then for them it is safe to step in. And that is uh, at this moment the concrete printing industry. We started back in 2013. Uh, I think before um, uh, uh, we had like um, 1996. Uh, Barry Krasnevich, um, Enrico Dini from Italy, uh, Winsome and Labro University, Winsome as a company, but Labro University, Enrico Dini and as an inventor and uh, Barry Krasnevich first as research. Then somewhere around 2010, 11, 12, the first companies, Winsome, ourselves, Henry Rudenko, uh, Pat Abram started as a company. Uh, that's like not even 10 years ago. Uh, so um, uh, 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 at the early age uh, of concrete printing, then afterwards all other companies came in, uh, some successful, some not, some less, some more. Um, but the, the, the industry is still, still uh, getting more major. And I think yeah. that first will need to be done in the upcoming 10 years before we can start talking about those platforms, renting, et cetera, et cetera. And the question is also, uh, whether these kind of things, uh, like such a leasing agency, would come in, because that is pretty much old industry, current industry. Um, uh, the question is, do we also need this in the, the, the for construction 4.0 industry? Generally, I agree, but the one thing a rental agency would provide is accessibility, and then it would speed up the uh, adoption process if more people are learning about the printer doing more projects in more areas um, it could accelerate things but it, is it too early maybe you're accelerating at like a short-term loss or something like that not CBay, but like the, the contractors who are uh, using the technology or I guess it's a question of pace mm, yeah I admit and maybe in, in, in the future it will that there is, depending on the region, there is such a leasing agency, renting agency, and some regions not. So there are, I also think different ways, uh, different models in order to facilitate the um, capacity of, uh, because uh, it's about uh, capacity printing. Yeah, so to uh, pull away from business stuff for a minute, I know one of your like, personal interests is running. You have, a, you have a running event that you've been training for yeah. Coming up, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I started running um, when I was like 25. My father did back then the New York Marathon, and I was pretty uh, amazed about a marathon, 42 kilometers and a, and a bit. Uh, so I did uh, the marathon back then in Barcelona. Um, and, and, and now, since Corona came up, when the time was stressful uh, in Saudi Arabia and Dubai, uh, that was not that good for my health uh, from a sporting perspective. 
Um, you don't have the rhythm, so it's not uh, eating well, it's stressful, not sleeping well, uh, etc. Now, as a result of COVID, you, I, I'm at home and here in the Netherlands for like one year now. Um, beforehand, I was only traveling. I was more um, outside the Netherlands than in the Netherlands. Um, and, and since I started uh, running the, uh, marathons, like the one in Barcelona, also did uh, back with my father in 2017, the New York Marathon and some half marathons, I always um, uh, uh, was triggered by the uh, Marathon de Sable. Uh, which is a 250, 260 kilometer marathon through the desert of Morocco. Um, and that is still on the bucket list. Um, I'm 33, so I realize that uh, if I'm not going to focus on that now, and I'm 40, which is just within seven years, huh? um, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. And then uh, I might be that I'm going to regret that decision. So Corona came in, you've got uh, way more uh, free time um, uh, uh, in lockdown, so you had to be at home, gyms were closer, etc. Um, then actually we saw that um, there was also a half marathon of 120 kilometers just within uh, four days, uh, 30 kilometers the first day, 60 kilometers the second day, third day is rest day, and then the last day 30 kilometers again. Um, so yeah, that came up. We said, yeah, we've got the time, and still it was January, and, and, and traveling is still a bit of difficult. We don't know when to get the shot and, uh, and the vaccination. So uh, this event will go on because it's in a desert, so you can have a distance. Um, and so we're going to subscribe and we're going to start training. Um, and actually, yeah, it started like that. Uh, and so the, the actual race, what does that look like? How many days? What's the... Uh, four days, uh, 30 kilometers, 60 kilometers, rest day, which will be my birthday over there and then 30 kilometers. Um, and, 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 and the best thing is also, and that's also with, with back to business. Um, in 2018, I was the most promising entrepreneur here in the region. And then there was a, a speech in a bar um, a couple of days before where you needed to present yourself together with some other competitors and then you needed to bring something. And I, br I brought my, my uh, shoes, uh, which were running shoes, uh, those five fingers, because I run on barefooted uh, with those five finger mm -hmm. shoes. Um, that's actually a nice example of, for me, um, because what we are doing also with Siva it's not a sprint. It's not that um, uh, um, uh, I want to, uh, uh, within 10 years, get a big investment and then I'm out. Um, it's not about the money. It, what I'm doing with Siba, what we're doing, it's more like a marathon. And uh, within a marathon, sometimes you're sprinting, sometimes you're walking, um, uh, but it's a, an endurance uh, thing. Um, uh, uh, and I think uh, uh, for that, you need to be very aware during running, what you're eating, you're resting, etc., etc. And that's quite similar as being an entrepreneur um, at the age that we have, like uh, uh, late 20s, beginning of 30s. Um, we are still working until we are 60, 70 or whatever. Uh, so what we're doing um, is for the long run, uh, for the long term. Um, and, and then it's trying within, because I've done some marathons and this is like an ultra marathon. Um, that's also sometimes what we're always trying within SIBA. Uh, I started here back in 2013, 14. It's quite small. We focus on developing the technology. And what we are adding every year is something new. And that is also with running. Uh, okay, running a marathon, a normal one, okay, we, I can do. Running it barefooted, I can do. And now it's like the next step, which would be this. Um, yeah. So for me, running and uh, scheduling that training, etc., building everything up is quite similar to managing a company.
the one challenging difference I could imagine would be at least in a marathon, you're always stepping forward. Whereas like in a company, you can have run into problems like uh, the permit didn't work out the way you expect or you don't get paid for the project and it's like somebody's picked you up on your marathon and drove you back 10 kilometers. Uh, true, but during your training, which takes like months, uh, sometimes you scheduled and now I'm going to run, but actually you feel something in your calf or something yeah. and then you need to decide for the better not to run that day, which is actually step back. Good, you the analogy. So, so <laughs> Uh, still the same. You really need to listen to your to your body, um, uh, uh, physically but also mentally, if you're going to train or run. But for a company, uh, that's actually the same. Um, uh, developing our technology, of course, we've got a roadmap. We as Siba, with our team, we want to be there, which means a lot of discussions monthly, every quarter, with the team captains, with the team members. But also really important, um, in 2015 they've learned me that validation with your partners, with your potential customers. So at this moment, since our printer is running at this moment in Morocco, in New Zealand, in Japan, for example, we, in those bi-weekly meetings, we want to know what they're printing, how it went, and what are their, um, uh, uh, what's their feedback. Uh, maybe we should add this in Artisan um, and within an option, because then for them it would work better. And based on that input, um, we develop the technology further. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the Netherlands and kind of like the mindset and culture in this country. I've noticed it's quite different from some of the other countries in Europe I've been really? to. What was the difference? Um, in some ways, the people seem maybe a little bit warmer, uh, more open. And I've uh, heard a lot of people describing a, a love for freedom that I thought was proprietary to America. In other countries, in and in, in, uh, in Europe, um, I think everyone has got um, at the need for freedom um, everywhere. Um, uh, uh, but uh, I think that in uh, all places, freedom means a bit maybe something else. Uh, they value it differently. Uh, but also within a country, uh, you see that in countries you've got um, uh, 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 the far right, and they value freedom in a different way than. Um, uh, the more liberal of people. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, and of course, within all these countries, we also see that there are cultural differences. Um, and, 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 and there are some books like uh, the cultural map. Um, yeah, we, we deal with that. Um, also within our team, we've got people from Ecuador, from Greece, um, and we had people from, from, from Latvia, from, from New York, from India. Uh, we've learned that in communication, um, and, and as you are getting older, uh, you get become more aware, um, and that you you know how to deal with these. Um, uh, uh, but sometimes you get arguments about uh, these things. Of course, it's learning by doing, and and, and yeah. So, what makes the Netherlands such a hot spot for uh, a lot of startups and a lot of companies that have started in the Netherlands and grown, and now they're multi-billion dollar companies operating out of the Netherlands. Uh, are there so many companies? Unilever. Yeah, but that's, that's like companies existing like ages. Um, no, but uh, the Netherlands is a pretty dense country um, uh, with um, uh, uh, 17 million people, uh, pretty well educated um, uh, and 
from um, uh, the earlier years, um, it's always has been export, 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 um, uh, which means also relevant. Um, um, we're um, uh, uh, English, uh, uh, the language, we understand pretty well, um, so that's relevant to communicate. Uh, with other countries um, uh, outside the Netherlands, um, but since the mentality of exporting, uh, the Netherlands is a small country, so if we really want to grow, we need to go outside the Netherlands. Um, I think that's relevant. Um, uh, and then within the Netherlands, we've got a pretty um, a smart industry for um, mechanics, mechanical engineering for robotics, um, uh, uh, and since. We are here in Os, uh, within just one hour, we are in Amsterdam, uh, which is the capital. Within one hour, we are in Rotterdam, uh, so it's pretty close by. And if I'm going to Amsterdam, I'm crossing a lot of other cities in which a lot of other smart people are living. Um, uh, good, well-educated, uh, uh, skillful people, uh, which are needed to create something, uh, for example, what we are doing. Um, yeah. Uh, plus, uh, what is also relevant, I think, that we've got a pretty good social system um, if you compare it with some other areas. So, um, uh, 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 we're pretty fortunate uh, to say uh, to live in the Netherlands. Um, uh, it's a pretty good climate. Yeah, I agree. And so, how has the mentality of people in the Netherlands found its way into Seabay? What ways has particularly being in the Netherlands affected Seabay? Um, sorry, what do you mean exactly? So, are there any qualities that, from the culture of the Netherlands, that have found their way into Seabay? I'm sure there are some, but are there any that you can like pinpoint? Um, tup, tup, tup. Um, cultural aspects that are uh, common in the Netherlands. We're pretty hands-on, um, not a lot of bullshitting, uh, pretty direct. And I think that mentality, um, like also, uh, I'm lucky to have already been in Dubai before I had the project over there, but just going there, uh, say what is necessary, do your shit, um, and, and not a lot of talking, uh, and deliver the project, um, and solve everything, um, that mentality. I think that's relevant uh, in order to, uh, especially in 2017, 18, uh, 19, to sell the printers, uh, but also pr build projects in, in, in Dubai and Saudi Arabia. Um, uh, 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 I think that's really relevant. Um, and I also see that uh, with the team members, um, uh, uh, those people, um, they like to work at Ciba because then they go to Qatar, they go to Paraguay, they see uh, uh, other countries. Uh, they meet with other people. Um, uh, 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 uh. Cool, I think that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. Are there, uh, you mentioned there's some parts of your product, like the mixer pump system, the crawler, that you're considering outsourcing to other companies to speed up the production time and kind of reduce the necessary overhead at, at CBay. Um, what other things might, are you considering outsourcing or looking for partners to help you develop uh, like is there something in particular that you wish a business could come in and say hey we have this great solution for this uh, now for example um, the library the academy we do based on the uh, adnx platform uh, so uh, that's normally being used for a massive open online courses Games coming soon. Yeah, um, uh, open ed ed edX. Um, 
so we work with them. Uh, probably they don't know because we're just small uh, company for them. Uh, but we're using these um, applications, for example, with uh, the models. We're using uh, the Shape Diver platform. Um, so we're working also with these companies, or you, we're working with them, we're using their um, uh, services or products. Um, like, I want to mention, uh, we are combining a lot of other technologies in order to create our own Deceiver technology, uh, which is a com the right combination of different uh, 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 other uh, uh, technologies, applications, uh, uh, materials, etc. Um, like the steam locomotive, um, that one of the innovations was indeed the uh, steam engine, but a lot of other innovations and then combined together created that system. I think that is something with concrete printing quite similar. Or concrete printing, if you look at uh, uh, these tools, yeah, in the end this is being printed, but this can also, this entire library can also be used for limestone brick houses or whatever. Um, are there any big milestones you would like to reach uh, this year and then also say five or ten years from now? Big milestones. Dup, 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 dup. Um, no, yeah. Um, I, I, of course, we want to keep on growing. Um, uh, 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 uh. Um, what is for us important is that our customers, uh, now that uh, COVID is slowly getting away, uh, people get vaccinated, that they start um, really building. They've got some plans for the end of this year. But I would like to see that they have got uh, afterwards more and more projects. Um, and, and we see that there are a lot of issues, uh, global housing shortage, uh, material labor, uh, skilled labor. So um, the goal that I have um, in maybe in the future is to set up a CIBO foundation. And the CIBO foundation should address um, uh, education. So provide the CIBO Academy um, uh, uh, some basic education just for free as well as housing uh, 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 to see, look how can we address that because not everyone is fortunately to uh, have a roof above the, uh, their head um, so what i would like to do with the community that we have uh, to see how we can um, uh, uh, do also good things in in that aspect um, uh, that will be a milestone i don't know whether that will be this year next year or in five years mm -hmm. uh, but we are working on that um, and then it, it, the best thing is that since we are working with such a community, we can strengthen each other. Uh, and then uh, also with the partners that we have, they're in it for the long run. So um, based on the monthly or the weekly discussions we have, we notice that we've got, got quite similar values. And also in the first meetings we have with new customers, it's about, um, of course, we talk about business. But it's also to have a feeling whether such a um, person, a family, um, uh, or a company, they've got the same values because then we can, in a good way, work together um, and eventually are being capable of strengthening each other. Uh, uh, we, them, they, us, as well as the community, each other. And um, that would be nice if in the future we can, um, in this global community, uh, can do uh, more good um, uh, uh, because solely one company in New Zealand, one company in Australia, we, it's, we are just a small, uh, uh, but if we are all together, we can have a bigger impact and then we can um, uh, 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 
maybe change or address a lot of is, uh, issues that we're at, at this moment facing, but in the near future, those issues will only become bigger and bigger. Yeah. Are there any kinds of project requests you get that are just right off the bat, obviously a bad project that you would recommend the client pursue other methods to achieve? For example, a company comes to us, can you build this? But And we know that for a fact, no, you can better use limestone bricks or... Um, yeah, we've got a lot of offers, uh, but maybe that's us um, because we didn't inform them uh, well um, and because we've got projects um, in the Middle East, in, in, in other places, um, as reference, that companies in uh, uh, South America or in, in America itself, in the US, uh, that people come to us, can you build this house for us? Uh, yeah, we can, but then we need to travel from the Netherlands to with uh, a, a printer in an airplane with then normally when we would build, we would be a bit cheaper, mm -hmm. but with all those tra transport travel costs, it will be like twice as expensive. So we've got a lot of these uh, requests, uh, but I think that's um, uh, uh, due to the fact that we need to educate, we need to inform people that uh, we do this because from an economic perspective this makes sense and we do not do this because it's not cheaper or faster in the end. How do you see your role as a leader evolving as CBA grows over the next decade? How do see, I see myself as a leader? Um, your role? So responsibilities uh, and your... Yeah, you get more responsibilities. What I'm trying to do, uh, whether it is a leader or... I, I, it's, it's about living. Um, and I think for everyone, um, and, and then they need to figure out themselves um, uh, how they uh, 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 structure this in their life. Uh, but um, I worked at my father's company uh, when I was like 23, 24, um, uh, 25, and then I started Siba. And then it was about, uh, you can take over the company. Um, and, but I knew that then I needed to work for like 10 to 15 years uh, underneath my father um, in Os nearby. Uh, so I knew, okay, then this will be my world. Mm. I started at the university, I did some research um, projects in Hong Kong uh, for things in Hong Kong, um, uh, design a uh, vertical zoo in Buenos Aires. And then I was like, nah, maybe uh, working at my father's company, uh, taking it over, it's not uh, the thing I'm meant to do or I want to do for the rest of my life. Because then I know for in the upcoming 20 to 30 years what is going to happen. So I started to think um, what is actually important um, when I'm 60, 70, 80 and I look back at my life. Uh, and then I want to have fun. I want to do amazing stuff, which other people didn't do or didn't uh, were able to accomplish. I want to stay happy uh, because I can have fun to go to a bar every evening and get a lot of uh, beer, etc. Um, that's a lot of fun now, tomorrow, uh, next week. But on the long run, it wouldn't make me happy. So you need to balance the, the fun stuff with uh, stay happy um, with the good stuff uh, and live long, having a healthy life, um, running a, a long marathon. I don't know how healthy that actually is, but <laughs> um, you need to focus and be, be aware of things. Um, and, and, and then, um, yeah, it's life is like step by step. And from there, I will see. I, uh, uh, so focusing on this, everyone should do this on their own, from their own perspective. Um, and then for the rest, I'm not going to determine, I, I'm going to be this leader or that leader. And it's like walking, I always say, just make the first, uh, the first step and then start worrying about the second step. If you already start worrying about step three, 
but you're still with step one, then you will fall. Um, so that also makes a lot of things more easy because I'm not worrying about uh, three years, five years or whatever. At first I need to um, uh, survive or make sure that by the end of this year um, uh, 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 we have uh, achieved our goals. That um, by the end of this year we have delivered those printers. Uh, that maybe we move to another office place. That um, and then we will see, uh, based on that new fundament, uh, what uh, 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 the, the milestones of this year, what we are going to build afterwards. What will be 2021, we know what the goals are, what will be 2022, based on the new normal. Great, well I think that's a great place to close off. Um, if somebody wants to pursue a project with you or buy a printer, how should they, how should they reach out? Uh, they can go to our website. Um, of course, they can contact me on LinkedIn. A lot of people are doing that. And then I'm always saying, um, uh, please uh, get our contact form on our website. Um, fill in uh, the information, uh, where um, your company name, and, 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 and surname, last name, etc. Your details, uh, what you would like us to print, um, uh, 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 having the specifications of the printers or uh, 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 um, that you want to purchase one. And then eventually uh, either the sales team, which is at this moment the team of six people, um, or the info team will uh, get back to you as soon as possible. Make sure to include a lot of details because so many people reach out asking for they have false expectations, they want a $10,000 house or something. If you can do the best you can to demonstrate you're a serious customer, maybe with some construction experience or you know what you're getting into, not expecting a ten thousand dollar house, that would probably go a long way in getting a good reply back from. Yeah, student. otherwise they will get a reply like a ten thousand uh, dollar house. Uh, uh, that's not possible. Middle uh, finger uh, emoji. Yeah, that's like really small, uh, but only the material um, of uh, concrete, uh, like the structure, already that's quite easy. Ten thousand. Um, uh, uh, of course, it depends on the, uh, the location. There are regions here. The direct building costs are around forty, forty-five thousand euros. Um, uh, 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 but no, really, a 10,000 house being printed, uh, they will only for indicate that price for the material. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you for sitting with me today and uh, doing this thank podcast. You. I think uh, people will really appreciate the value you offered in this conversation.